Welcome to another great edition of Talking Ticks. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined by my co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zon- Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We got a good one for you. LSU uh contained Mississippi State for the most part, uh getting out of Starkville or Stark Vegas, as some call it, with a uh, 28 to 25 win. Still not good enough to land them in the rankings, but we'll, we'll discuss all of that. And, and much else, as there is plenty else going on in, in college football this week. Um, but before we do, guys, just want to check in with you. You know, for once, there wasn't a natural disaster in Louisiana this week. That was nice. Hopefully, the weather was pretty good. And, you know, LSU didn't have a home game. So, uh, I don't know. What what'd you guys get into this weekend? Uh, it, it was pretty nice weekend. I mean, the earlier game is... Not normally ideal, but 11 o'clock, it was... <laughs> Not at all, no. Uh, it was okay to kind of just chill at home, watch the game, and not have to worry about the big kind of game day hubbub, and then you still got the whole rest of the afternoon to check out some other teams and, and hang out with friends and family and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but it was good to see LSU win on a three-game streak for the first time since 2019, although it got a little bit dicey at the end, which I know we're going to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as, as 11 a.m. games go... Uh, being away is if you're not going to go to it, being away is, is preferable because you do you just get to like sit there and watch it and not have to worry as much. But um, yeah, it was a good weekend. If you watched any college football, I mean, I watched five games like yesterday and they were all pretty, pretty great. There's so many uh, parody in this, in this year, the parody in this league is, is insane. So um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a fun time to be watching. I don't really, maybe not for for if you only watch LSU, but if you're watching the whole sport, it's uh there's a lot of fun stuff. There is. Uh, and you know, the upsets just keep, keep on going on. And, you know, just, um, just the, as you're saying parody, it's like the, uh, you know, somebody like Clemson uh, losing in overtime to, to, to NC state. It's like, I just don't think that anyone would have thought about that last year, you know, cause Clemson was, uh, you know, playing, playing for a title, but this year, you know, every year is different. And I, I think it's just, you know, Clemson's faced with a different reality. Uh, I feel like LSU is faced with a slightly different reality. Cause you know, it's not like last year, obviously, uh, as Daniel said, we have a, a three game win streak and I got to tell you, I mean, the, I thought the Tigers looked really good, at least in the first half. Uh, I, I would say all the way through the third quarter, actually. Um, but you know what? Um, they, like Daniel also said, Mississippi State looked like it was trying to mount a comeback. Luckily, LSU, you know, I, I was able to to get away with the win. I think though, how they started the game is how they need to start every game because it, it looked good. It looked good last week against McNeese state look fairly good this week. Uh, I mean, it, you know, they, they got out to an early lead, which I think is going to help them. And, you know, for the defense, for all its uh, efforts, they pretty much contain Mississippi state for the most part. Uh, like I said, until the last, you know, like the end of the third quarter on the fourth quarter, but you know, a, a win's a win, especially on the road uh, with your first sec game. Now it does set up, uh, a good game next week against Auburn. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like that should be two ranked teams, whether it's 23 versus 25, but still, you know, I, I think LSU deserves that much, but that's not going to be the case, but it doesn't, it does present an interesting storyline since TJ Finley was the one that kind of helped Auburn come back to beat Georgia state. 
uh, a team that probably never should have had it. So it's going to be a good game, I think. But uh, just to, to refocus back to Mississippi State, um, I, I think we still have some issues with our run game. I think the passing game's good. Like I looked at um, I looked at Max Johnson's stats. They were, you know, they were okay. I, I thought they would have been more because, you know, he had three touchdowns of like plus 40 yards. Uh, so I thought the stats would have been better, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, ho-hum. Uh, I think, I guess the the best part was that they, they held uh, Will Rogers to, to way less than last year. And, you know, he didn't really come on until the second half. Um, I, I think the offense though, you can tell that they can strike and they can strike early. And I think they just need to keep doing that. You know, he had two touchdowns to Keishon Butte and that was, that was great. I think that kind of set a tone for, I don't know, at least through halftime. Now, I, I will say this though. Uh, you could tell that Coach O is going to take some risk, right? Because that first touchdown, they had to go for it on first down, mm-hmm. and they got it, and they got the touchdown to get out to that lead. But you know, then right before half, there was another uh, fourth down call. He could have gone for it and maybe continued to drive and gone up. I guess he thought that you know we're going to get the ball in the second half no matter what, and he just punted. And you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State ended the the half with a sack, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like it when they are aggressive. It just doesn't seem like they're doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, Tommy, do you think, um, I don't know. I, well, just tell me what you thought, A, first of all, about, you know, how this compared to last week. Because, you know, last week we thought was, you know, it looked good, but, you know, it was against, you know, McNeese State. So having seen somewhat of the same production against an SEC opponent, on the road, no less, playing against those god-awful cowbells. Uh, do, do you feel like what we saw last week is kind of a, you know, sustaining what we saw, even though it was against somewhat better opponents? Like, I, I still feel like there's room for improvement, but, you know, the, the offense looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that if you, if you think back to, like, a typical Les Miles team, the the kind of team that probably wins like eight or nine games, um, kind of they, they lose one they shouldn't, maybe they lose two they shouldn't as far as talent goes, and they're a little bit sluggish offensively. But they can get the job done. They're off. Their defense is always pretty solid. That's what that looked like to me. It, now you know were we throwing more than we were running? Yes. Ten years ago we would have been handing the ball off. You know. 30 times to Leonard Fournette or Terrace McGee or Darius Geis or take your pick, whoever. But um, it, it still looked the same to me as far as a, a good, not great, a little bit sluggish, disjointed offense with a, a good to good to great defense. I thought our defensive, uh, our defensive play was, was really, really good, especially losing our best player two days before, um, before the game starts so i was impressed with that but but i do think that i almost feel like that's probably like that feels like our ceiling a little bit as far Mm. as where we you know like i feel like for seeing what we've seen so far this that that's that feels about as good as this team's gonna get yeah i think in my opinion on this game lsu basically just did what they needed to do to win and not much more than that i liked the defensive game plan of letting Mike Leach throw, but keeping everything kind of in front of you. And then, cause we were 
it even got a little bit annoying towards the end of the game where we were just giving up like five, six yards on the short plays every single uh, time. And that was allowing them to get back in the game, uh, marching down the field multiple times. Uh, but we disrupted their game plan and did what we need to do on offense to win. Like you had mentioned before, the run game is still a big question mark. We still have not established the run against anyone. Uh, now we're back on Ty Davis price after we saw Corey Kiner step up in a big way against central Michigan. Uh, but Davis price didn't have an exceptional game, like 50 something yards on like 15 carries. Uh, so that'll be tough against a, a stronger Auburn defense. I would say coming up next week. Uh, but yeah, Max Johnson played well um, for the most part. He, I, I looked at, I was surprised he's second in the country in touchdown passes uh, and Keishon Butte still leads the country in touchdown receptions. He picked up two more. And so that's the connection that as long as it keeps on giving, uh, the offense should do all right. Yeah. I mean, every every start that Max has had, he's got at least three touchdown passes. And I I, I can't for the life of me remember the last LSU QB that had that. Uh, you know, even in the good years, you know, uh, 2019 excluded, of course. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, yeah, the, the running game, I just – I don't see how we can make it through the rest of our schedule – unless we can establish that. And I, I wish I could say that I knew Jake Peets was holding off on that until we get into the thick of the schedule so that we don't show them too much. But that's obviously that's not the case. You know, Mississippi State was bringing the house a good bit. And, you know, she was, you know, able to to work around it or just not get, get uh, sacked too much. Uh, but, yeah, we're not going to be able to run the ball. Like, I think Ty, Ty Davis Price had one good run. You know, I think yeah, he really did. I mean, like uh, those 51 yards, maybe like 15 or 20 of them came from one run. Yeah, right. there were several where it was minus two to one yard gain, and then just kind of yeah. But 62 as a team is not going to get you many wins in the SEC. And I think that the the I mean, I, I hope I don't know what the verdict was on Austin Deculus at the end of the game. I know he went out in like the fourth quarter. I don't know if he, I, I hope he's not like, you know, I hope it's not going to be something that lingers. Um, Cause it didn't seem like it was, uh, he didn't get carted off the field or something, but I know that he, uh, they had to, you know, bring in, I guess it was Anthony Bradford, I think to take over for him. Um, so this is like an already just strapped unit that is going to be that if he, if, if we, you know, he misses any time, I mean, that does not help our our case for trying to improve the run game. Yeah. No. And then the, the O-line, they didn't, I think they gave up two sacks maybe, which isn't like too terrible, but Max had to do kind of a fair amount of scrambling. I remember, I think it was his touchdown pass to Keishon Butte where he like climbed left in the pocket and like juked out the uh, defensive end and threw the strike across uh, Butte coming from the left. And so yeah. like, that's good that he has that mobility, but um, being under duress the whole game is is a tough way to go. And on the flip side, I think our defensive line made the biggest regression out of any group uh, because we got basically no pressure on their quarterback, like one sack the entire game. Maybe this is just like my analysis. I don't know if you disagree, but uh, their quarterback had a lot of time to throw. And I mean, he delivered 47 completed passes, which is partly due to their offense, but uh, you kind of want to get them moving a little bit more than that. I would say. Well, I think that, I think that goes to what you're talking about with the, with the game plan of like, I mean, we were dropping a lot of people into coverage. Yeah, so, it, was, it was only rush three. You know, we were rushing like three. So I can't really expect, um, you know, yeah, I, I wish there, I wish we had more pass, uh, more of a pass rush, but 
we weren't really given that we were basically saying like go figure it out yourselves like we weren't giving anybody any help and um mason smith a lot of the time was playing as like a defensive end yeah i guess in the place of andre anthony yeah um which is like not his typical position and i think you could easily tell that he was way out of place i mean there were times where it looked like he was just standing around <laughs> yeah and it, yeah. Did op- it did open up uh for people like cordell flott to have a big game i think that might have been his best performance in a, a long long time with like he had six or seven tackles force fumble and an interception uh that kind of saved our our defense in the first half and then the linebacking was pretty good um overall we didn't give up the huge plays that have kind of plagued us uh in in the past as long as we just kind of keep everything in front and uh open field tackling is still pretty good um and we didn't seem to miss stingley too too much i would say the out, I don't think so. uh, outside coverage was was good for the most part yeah well i think uh the game plan was to just rush three and have everybody else back in coverage and what that forced will rogers to do was to just to go to the i guess basically the safety valve of his running back out of the backfield it's like lsu's going to give up the short yardage you can mm-hmm. see that they were going to do that uh, but as soon as he caught the ball well that you know that first that first drive uh like you said cardell flott popped the ball loose and we you know we almost ran it back uh, but we gave us great field position uh but Will Rogers didn't, he does not want to go to the short man. Obviously he wanted to go downfield. That's what he's used to, but we didn't give him that. Yeah. And I, it, you know what? It worked for LSU probably all the way through like the end of the third quarter until they got that touchdown to make it 28 to 10. And then after that, you know, they started, they started, uh, you know, working the ball down the field on us. So I, I think for three quarters, that game plan worked. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a little frustrating because you're like, we're not going to get the quarterback. He's just, he's got all time to throw back there. But I, I guess the, the end result was he has nothing to throw to except his, uh, his release guy, which was the quarter or the, the running back. And you know, he wasn't getting much because that's where the LSU linebackers were ready to step in and just uh, converge on the ball. And they did. Uh, they, they did give away, you know, three touchdown drives like in the, in the span of like a quarter, but you know, it was enough, you know, we were able to take some knees on the ball as opposed to try and fin them off on like a goal line stand, which has happened so much in college football this year already. So I, I don't know. Um, I think though that you could put some of that on the offense. Cause you know, they were up 28, 10 and then they didn't score for like a quarter. So yeah. um, I, I think I, that has to do with like the run game a little bit too, like not being know. able to con- control the clock, like late in the game, Mississippi state yeah. had the ball for 10 more minutes than we did. Uh, and they had doubled our first down percentage as well. Maybe that's some kind of old school thinking because in 2019, we would score basically immediately. And like we would lose the time of possession battle in a lot of those games, even though we're winning them by a lot, just because the offense is, does their thing. But that, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. It's like two sides of the same coin. Like either, either you can control the clock, milk the clock and, and, and make it, and, you know, keep the, win the possession battle, or you can just bury them in points. Mm-hmm. We do neither. Yeah, <laughs> we we don't score a bunch of points, but we also don't hold the ball well because we can't run the ball. So, you know, it feels like when we score, we score. I did think this was a very I mean, this was like a methodical game. I think that this was a in in the year 2021. This is as close. And I, I feel like this is a trend that you're seeing in, in all of college football, not just with LSU. I think defenses are starting to figure out the 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 high power octane throw the ball down the field. I mean, like whatever, whatever you want to call the RPO, Joe Brady, Steve Sarkeesian, that type of offense. I think that some of the best teams in the country, the SEC teams, you talk about Georgia, you talk about 
Alabama. You talk about, you know, all the, all these teams, I would guess I was, I was going to say LSU and like, I, I mean, I don't think we're I'm not saying we're one of the best teams in the country right now, but um, I think some of these more high up programs are, have kind of figured out what to do. And, you know, you look at a team last year that, that put up a bajillion points on us in Mississippi state and we, we limit them to 25 points. Um, I don't think that we played exceptionally well, but I think that it shows that, I think it shows that something that, that, defenses are now able to adjust after two or three years of, of, of getting absolutely torched by some of these, these concepts. Yeah. And I think one more thing I wanted to talk about uh, with this game, which we haven't discussed is the fact that Mississippi state kind of shot themselves on the foot uh, during several points in the game, which helped us out a lot. And I mean, you, you kind of take what's given to you, but like the, the, the penalty on the fourth down on the punt that saved yeah. the drive and allowed us to score a touchdown. Oh, yeah. They missed a field goal. Um, they threw, uh, or Cordell Flott's interception, like saved one drive, and then they uh, collided with each other. Oh yeah, and then they basically gifted us a forty-yard touchdown pass. Like, uh, if I mean these type, these are type of things that you kind of expect to happen to LSU, not vice versa. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, and you'll take it. But if it just one of those goes the other way, then you might be looking at a completely different ball game. Uh, so as long as we got the the intangibles on our side, then yeah, I feel like safe. that's that's a good point. It's really I'm glad we got the win, but. I'm not, I'm not just overly impressed. I think it is fine. Like it's a good, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away. I've been, I've been talking to a few people just kind of before this game, you know, earlier in the week about the state of LSU. And they were like, you know, this is kind of like a non, this is kind of a, a no win scenario for LSU because if you, uh, if you lose, then, you know, oh my gosh, you lost your SEC game. Mississippi, you lost to Mississippi State. That's two years in a row. LSU needs to be better than that. But if you win, then everybody's kind of like, well, of course you won. It's Mississippi State. You should always win against Mississippi State. So it is like a no-win scenario. So I, I think that we do need to step back for a second and be like, you know what, we got an SEC win. It's our, you know, we're one and zero in SEC play. Not everybody can say that, you know. Like, like yeah, you, you still control your own destiny. Yeah, right? it, there's there's room to improve. But I also like I'm not I'm not ready to get super excited about it because i just i saw so much i saw so many things wrong or not wrong just so many things that that, I, that it could be better about this team um and i do think we got we got luckies and sometimes it's, you know, they say it's better to be lucky than good and and we that was us on saturday but um i could see i could see luck being the complete opposite way against auburn next week and then maybe we're talking about a different type of game i think uh one thing is that those two touchdowns by mississippi state in the last six minutes kind of leaves a sour taste in your mouth like especially just looking at the st- score because if we win 28 to 10 maybe we forget a little bit i mean we wouldn't like forget about the miscues or whatever but you leave kind well, of that's, a, a, that's a good win that's yeah a- you feel good but then like we pulled the classic lsu and like you can't just put a team away you gotta just let them kind of hang around and then stress for the last two minutes of the game and then you finally win you breathe the sigh of relief you're like all right on to the next one but then that that thought lingers in the back of your mind like we almost like choked that away true but i i think that just compared to last year where you know that i mean we all things being equal it's like they you know they torched us you know, and, and this this year, like the fact that LSU had them at a field goal until like the very end of the third quarter, that is I, I feel like that's tremendous. That is some that's something better. Yeah, you can know? be proud uh, of that. And, and as far as you're saying about luck, yeah, you know, you, you'll definitely take it. But I think in a lot of instances, and there's a you know, I've heard a quote before, it's like luck favors the one that's prepared. 
And I, I think at least LSU was prepared for this game. I'm not saying that, you know, they, you know, if they'd have played 10 times, they'd have won 10 times because obviously Mississippi state can, can sling the ball. You know, any Mike, Mike Leach team is going to do that, but they had them contained to a field goal, uh, a missed field goal, you know, might've been 21 to six towards the end, but uh, just looking at what they did on offense, uh, Kayshawn, you know, they moved the ball down the field. They went for it on fourth down, which I thought was a great idea. It's coach Joe said, you know what, this is going to be all or nothing for me. And I like that call. And they got the touchdown. And then he hit Keishon Butte again to go up 14. And it, uh, but then it's like it wasn't consistent. It's like right before the half, LSU had the ball with under a minute. And it was like another fourth down situation. I guess, granted, it was the 45. But I don't know. I guess I would have liked to seen some more consistency with that. Just just go for the throat. Uh, it's like, what? Why? why give Mississippi State the ball back if you don't necessarily have to? But I guess that's because they they knew they're going to get the kickoff for the second half, and then they scored what two plays into the second half. Yeah. Uh, so so there you go. And then you look at the look at the two touchdowns they had after that it was that one to Trey Palmer, wide open. You know, it's like the, that was just a good a good play call. And that was that. I mean, that was some. Of, that was one of the most terrible. I've never seen. It. I've yeah. never seen. Yeah, I haven't seen somebody be that wide open in a long time. No. I mean, there was. It made. It made that that poor safety just look absolutely foolish. Yeah, and then the one against Cole Cole Taylor. That's like that's what those crossing routes. That's what you want to see. You want to see your defense running into each other, knocking them got knocking themselves out like Keystone cops, and then you're the guy we haven't even mentioned all year just runs for a forty-one yard touchdown. That's awesome. I mean, it'd be great to say that we could, you know, ran one in from 41 yards out, but I guess we'll have to wait to see about that. But I mean, it does bring up a, you know, an intriguing matchup against Auburn. Um, I will say though, that uh, uh, we, we did saw some like a little flash of something on special teams. I know Memphis ran that weird punt return back last week against Mississippi state to get the win, but Trey Palmer had a pretty good punt return. He finally had some room to catch it and run and you could see what he did with it. So it was nice to see that it'd be yeah. great. I don't know what the difference was this time. Maybe it's just Mississippi state special teams coverage, but it's like he, he had room to catch it and run and like he like ran in between two guys and his blocker and took it up field, which was awesome. Gave him great field position. Uh, I think that might even scored on that drive, but I don't know. You just, you're starting to see some, some more flashes of something different. Is it of a full complete picture that we wanted to see? No, of course not. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we're still, I don't know if we're ever going to see what we want to see from the running game and the offensive line. Uh, you know, I think it, I think we'll just have to take what they give us as far as the offense goes, but I think the defense is where we want it to be. Right. Yeah. I think they definitely tuned it up. Um, and I'm much more. I am much more pleased with the past two weeks watching this defense play. This is what I. This is what I expected them to look like with the amount of with the amount of like talent and the way that those pieces should fit together. That defensive performance we've seen for the past couple of weeks is 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 where I think they should have been. Yeah. I mean, if they, I think if those if that defense plays against UCLA, it's a different ball game. Um, you know, and then we're talking really about. It is interesting how how things go because if we don't lose that UCLA game and and then we kind of and everything plays out the way that the way that things have gone you know up until this point we're a four and LSU team with that have had some kind of near misses and 
we would be a top 10 team oh yeah no like it's just it's literally just one loss they they obviously don't respect us if we were 4-0 they'd probably have us at 15 right now well what what do we start at 16 we we started at 16 and the teams have dropped out of the top 10 so i'm saying arkansas is number eight in the country although they have better odds than us like they look good but like we would be knocking on the door of the top 10 right now yeah yeah so um you know Kind of, kind of just shows you what could have been, I guess. I wanted to go back. I had one point on special teams, Scott, which is on one drive late in the game on a third down. Uh, the commentator like made a point. He was like, "You're going to look for to Coy Moore in this, or not Coy Moore, excuse me, um, Keishon Butte, like in this situation." And then the camera pans, and he's standing on the sideline with his helmet in his hands. And then the very next play, we we didn't get the third down, and we're punting, and Keishon Butte is in on punt coverage, and he makes the tackle. Right. So why is your best offensive player on the sideline on third down when you need to convert? And then he's in there on the special teams play where he can get hurt instead of uh, like some random freshman. Like I was like, what in the world? Uh, and then it kind of slid by, but people were talking about this online. Like coach, o, like didn't know what he was, was doing in this situation. <laughs> I don't know. It is weird. I mean, and like you, you say like, well, he's a, he's a great football player. We want to put him on the field. Like I'm sure that's what something that coach coach o would say. If he said, why, why do you have Keishon Butte as your gunner making tackles? Um, but, and, you know, I think it wasn't, I think Jarvis Landry was actually a gunner on, on punt team too. He started he, doing that starting yeah. receiver. He was trying to get playing time. Huh? Yeah. But, I, but like, you know, I, I think back, I was there while we were watching the game, I said to Daniel, it's like, that's where, that's where Sage Ryan should be. Like when, like, I remember in Alabama, when Alabama was playing in the national championship against Notre Dame, when they like absolutely skunked them, uh, Landon Collins, who was a freshman at the time, uh, out of Dutchtown, made like a key tackle on on, on the punt return or on on the punt team, stopped the yeah, like, like just took down the the uh, punt returner like right in right where he caught the ball. It was a great tackle, and then he goes on to you know he but he wasn't a starting safety at that time. You know that was like his only the only place he played was on punt return, but then he goes on to be a, an All American starter and now he plays in the NFL. You know, it's like I would love to see some of the guys who we've talked about, who we talked about in recruiting, get so excited about them. Like, why are we not seeing them on special teams? I, I would like if Sage Ryan's the number one safety in America, like like we all thought he was. Like, I think he, I think he could be fast, run down there, and make a tackle. At least I hope so. Yeah, you would hope so. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's a different, uh, it's a different coaching staff than it was back in you know Jarvis Landry's day. I would say though that uh, I don't know. At least we're finally starting to. I don't know. I, I guess I have a little bit more confidence in uh, Durante Jones's defense than I did, you know, say the first game. Uh, I, I think just the fact that they've had some games now, they're finding like they're they're able to do what they want to do, and it's going to be interesting to see when Auburn comes to town, because you know for the most part it's been Bo Nix and. I, I don't know. Um, they struggled with Georgia State. Like it was, they should have lost until like the very end. Yeah, and but then guess who came in and 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 drove them for the win? None other you know, than, than yeah, TJ Finley. Ninety-seven yards uh, for that game-winning drive. That was just or yeah. Well, so it was just. I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see if they come with Bo Nix or TJ. I would imagine Bo Nix, but you know, I, I can't imagine that they'd want to throw TJ into the starting position, coming back to his his first school 
I, I don't know. Did they did they decide on a a time for the game yet? I, I haven't it's checked. It's a seven o'clock no, game. No, it's not. It's eight p.m. They're starting oh, 8 at eight o'clock. So eight p.m. Central. So you're gonna be staying up late, Scott. <laughs> eight p.m. Central. Oh, I thought it'd be eight p.m. East Coast. What? what I've never what seen. Channel is that gonna be on? <laughs> it's an ESPN late night game. ESPN scheduled a five o'clock Central game. Uh, and then this one to start at eight o'clock. Yeah, it was supposed to be seven, and then they moved it. So after dark, I guess. Burning the midnight oil. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Fun, actually. It'll be yeah. the first like game at night at Tiger Stadium because, like, I mean, it'll like it'll be dark when that kicks off. They had the was it the Ole Miss game two years ago? It was like eight that o'clock kickoff. Yeah. yeah, that was a real late kickoff. That was like nine o'clock. Might have been eight thirty. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's just crazy. But like you said, I, I think they're probably going to go with Bo Nix to start off with, even though TJ Finley did well uh, in relief at the end. But I think that they're just going to rely on Bo's experience and kind of uh, just performing under pressure before. And then I don't know if they would want to put TJ in that situation, at least to start off with. I would um, No. I don't know. I'm not so sure. I think that, I think that one thing to, one thing to, to keep in mind <laughs> as we look forward to Auburn Um. Bo Nix was Gus Malzahn's guy. It, like he was his high really rated recruit. He was, he was brought in. It was the whole story of his dad quarterbacking Auburn. And, you know, then there's that, like that picture of Bo Nix, like in the stands and Cam Newton, like comes up to him and like shakes his hand or whatever. Like, it was like, kind of like the weird, he was the, he was the, the Auburn guy. Well, Gus Malzahn's not there anymore. Yeah. And, and Brian Harson when he came in, uh, he, he came in late. He was hired late. So he didn't get a chance to actually recruit. Like he, he that recruiting class was basically that, that Auburn picked up this past year was Gus Malzahn's class. The first or the first or second guy that, that Brian Harson actually recruits himself and, and handpicks that he wants is TJ Finley. So I, I, I feel like, um, and now that we've seen a little bit of a chink in the armor from, from Bo Nix and he's been pulled and TJ Finley goes in and wins the game, I wouldn't be surprised um, if it, maybe maybe you don't see – maybe Bo Nix doesn't get benched to start the game, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has the, the shortest rope and if, if he even th- you know, throws one bad pass, TJ comes in. Because sure. it's just – it makes sense. It's like that – there's something like – I think that a coach wants to come in and they want to bring their own guys in. It's the same yeah. thing with like staff, you know? It, uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think that I wouldn't be, I, I don't think that Bo Nix is just, is, is going to be, um, is going to get all the, all the room in the world to make mistakes against LG. No, uh, but it's like, he's trying to play his cards close to the chest. He's all, I, you know, I don't, I don't think like that. I don't make those plans like that. You know, I just, you, you go through practice during the week and then you decide then like, all right. Yeah. But, uh, you, you can be coy if you want to, but whether or not you start Bo or you put TJ in after, or if you start TJ, it doesn't matter. It's like, we have plenty of film on TJ. We have it at practice, you know? So well, I don't, we I don't coached know. him last year. <laughs> what he thinks he's trying to hide from is, is like, we, we know that guy, we know Bo Nix. We've faced him twice already. So I, this is where I think coaches kind of they try to be coy, but they're they're really not. So, but that you know that's fine. That's that's just the game. I, I get it. But either way, I, I feel like LSU's defense is going to be prepared. Now, I don't know Auburn's defense is slightly better than LSU's. Like the way we talk about Mississippi State's defense and how it was going into this game, they're actually ranked, you know, like total defense, forty fifth in the country. You know, LSU is a little bit better. They're in the thirties. I don't I don't know what they are now after this game. But um, 
Mississippi State was not completely horrible. And LSU got out to a 28 to 10 lead. So uh, I feel like at this point, LSU, if they can get out to a lead like that, they just got to keep their foot on the gas. And like, obviously we can't run down the clock with our run game. You know, I think they have to go back to 2019 and just, just score, you know, yeah. just win baby. As yeah. I would say. I think this is a hard one to predict because Auburn, they haven't played the best competition. They've played three bad teams, including Georgia state who they barely beat. They played one good team in Penn state on the road and only lost by one possession. So they have the potential. Their defense is pretty stingy. Like you said, um, they're going to be the de- best defense that we've played so far. And I think it's going to be more low scoring game, somewhat similar maybe to the, the 2019 game when we played Auburn at home. And that was the closest game all year, 23 to 20 uh, for the Tigers. And whether we see a repeat of that, uh, I don't know. LSU's currently favored by like three and a half points, which I was kind of surprised by considering Auburn's ranked ahead, but I guess I they're, they're piping in the Saturday night death Valley vibes, which I am excited about. People are going to be like hyped up for this game and, and ready to rock. This will be like the first big home game since since like A and M in twenty nineteen. Yeah, because I don't really count any any game last year's being big. Yeah, the home games last year because there was South Carolina, which was and the very first game Mississippi State, which we lost, which had no fans, and then the Alabama, the Alabama game, which there were also no fans, and we also knew that we were going to lose, and then we did lose. Yeah. So since twenty nineteen, this is the first kind of like everybody show up for this event, and yeah. I think that will help LSU, um, but. In the end, I think it's going to come down to a few key plays, similar to the 2019 game as well, uh, and then may the best Tigers win, I suppose. Right, but I feel like if if nothing else, you know, just looking at the the game at face value, uh, if the teams are equal, I, I like the fact though that you would think at this point LSU on offense and defense, you know, they have the confidence, they have the swag. That's that's we feel like that's what was missing in that first game against UCLA. They just they looked lost out there. They were they were they weren't playing with any real passion. They were just kind of going through the motions. And then, you know, now you're seeing you know, you saw Stingley come up with that hit uh for fumble and then a scoop and score against McNeese. And then you saw it again this week with uh with Cardell Flott. And it's like we've lost, you know, we were we were without Stingley and we're gonna be without uh you know, Anthony for the rest of the year, but you know, they were still able to have these plays. So I, I at least like the the team's chances because I feel like their confidence is there. It's not like they're going into this game thinking, Oh, it's Auburn. Can we win? We're going to have a home game. I hope we can win instead of a hope we can win. I hope their, their mindset is we we're going to win. And I feel like the offense is there. The defense is there. Uh, minus, well, the offense minus the running, of course, but I, I think that it's weird to me, though, because you said the line was at three and a half. I'd seen it at four. Some had it at seven. You know, it's just it's bouncing all over the place for some reason. But the fact that they put LSU as the favorite in in whatever, uh, you know, however they're picking it. It's like they, they put they put us at the favorite, but it's like we can't even crack the top 25. So for, I, I don't know. It's just it's just odd to me. Yeah, for I don't me, know. The- the key to this game is if LSU can stop uh, Auburn's run game because mm-hmm. Auburn has Tank Bigsby, who's going to be the best running back that we face so far. He and might poten- be the best back in the SEC. And potentially the best one we face all year. And the only other comparable one so far was Zach Charbonnet from UCLA who, gashed, who gashed us. 
And so far, Bigsby has been averaging over six yards a carry on the season. Uh, and so if we can contain that and force Auburn to be – they're a fairly balanced team, but if we can force Bo Nix to make a throw or TJ Finley, whoever's in the pocket, and then uh, Derek Singley or Eli Ricks or whoever to come up and make a big play, then I think we have a good shot. But if Auburn grinds and pounds us down over the course of the game, then I can see our defense like getting tired and eventually snapping where we oversell and then giving up that big play. Uh, and then Auburn, once they take the momentum, they run away with it. But if we can keep that under control, then I think we have a good shot. Yeah, actually, I mean, you brought up exactly what I was going to say. And I think that's almost what spells trouble for us. Um, one of the things that we've seen be a very like a, a, a weak point for our defense is the linebacker play. And I mean, linebacker play cost us a lot against UCLA and it didn't look good against McNeese, but then we played two, you know, two teams that are not that great. I mean, central Michigan was not that great and Mississippi state, which is a probably, which is a much better team than, than, you know, either of the two non-conference games we played. Um, but I mean, Mississippi state did not try to establish the run at all because it's a Mike Leach coach team their their run game is dumping it off to a, to a, a guy in the flat. Auburn's not going to do that. They're going to try and run between the tackles. They're going to try and, and uh, like, like Daniel said, you know, they've got the, they've got probably the best running back in the, in the league right now. So I think that linebackers are going to be a key um, linebackers and, and, and defensive line is going to be really a key to, to our success in this entire game. Because if we can't stop um, Auburn's offense with Tank Bigsby, and if our linebackers continue to be pretty much confused when 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 you when there's a very balanced team, it looks like our, our linebackers are confused where they either sell out on the run and get torched on a crossing route or torched on a on a on a, a route from like a, a tight end running like kind of up the middle, um, or they drop back into coverage and, and the running back gets to take an easy five yards. So that, that, that does scare. Um, I think offensively, well, I mean, I think we'll be fine offensively. I don't think we'll be great, but I think we'll be kind of like we were against um, Mississippi state where I think we'll be able to score. You know, we've got some, we got playmakers, Kayshawn Butte. There's no question that he's one of the most electric offensive players in college football right now. Um, so I think, you know, he'll probably run off and score for one or two like he has in the past. Um, I think that uh, – I think Cole Taylor is actually one of the most underrated players on our team right now. I, I really liked what I saw from him, not just the catch, but but the way that he's able to to block and, and not and, – and then kind of not be just isolated as, oh, he's going to be running a route, so we're going to play pass coverage on him. I think that they have to respect kind of the multifacets of his, of his game. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, I, I get really scared when I think about Tank Bigsby going against us. Um, and I think, I think that if, if they can just work a little bit of success out of, out of their running game against us, I think that's going to open so much up for them. Um, I think the main – here's the main, the main silver lining for LSU uh, is that the guy who needs to take advantage of – what they what their what Tank Bigsby, Bigsby can open up for them is most likely going to be big Bo Nix, and so like we've beat him in the past, and and I don't think I'm as scared of him as you know compared to if it was like Matt Corral. Now, 
TJ is another story. I think, I think TJ might, maybe TJ is a little bit better than him, but then again, I mean, every one of these players has played, every one of these defensive players has played against TJ for like a year and a half. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's changed his game completely to where we don't really remember how he was. Um, so I think that's the one thing we're going to have advantage over being able to uh, being able to defend their quarterback. I don't think we're, I don't think they have a quarterback that can just slice us apart. Um, no. and, you know, with play action or something like that. No, they don't. But I, I like the fact that LSU's defense, you know, they, they tailored this last game against Mississippi state just to prevent the, you know, the air raid attack and, you know, for three quarters, that worked. So if we can do that against Auburn, uh, I, I think the fact that it's going to be a home night game gives you that. I don't know. Maybe that's why they have us at three or three and a half or four points or whatever. Uh, but I feel like we have that going for us. Like the, the fact that, it, you know, you look at the, the flip side of it, you know, we tailored our defense against Mississippi state's air rate. So we're going to hopefully, you know, Delonte West is going to tailor his defense against Auburn's run and make them throw it. Obviously, Bo Nix, you know, against Georgia State could not win the game, you know, just throwing it. So, you know, they had to bring in TJ Finley. Hopefully that's the case again. It's like Bo Nix doesn't get it done and they have to bring in TJ. I I, I welcome that. If, if if we're stopping Auburn's run and making them throw to beat us, I would like that even better. I feel like our, our defense is, you know, like if we have to rely on our quarterbacks, to me, that feels like a safer choice than relying on our linebackers, you know, kind yeah. of like we said earlier. So I, I hope that's the case, really. All, all that being said, are, are any of us brave enough to give a score prediction on this game? Who's taking it home? I'll go first if y'all don't want to. Go for it, because you know what? We weren't that far off. We, I mean, the numbers weren't uh, – the, the numbers didn't line up, but it's like we all had Mississippi State and LSU kind of close, and it was, yeah. you know, for the most part. I, well, I'm thinking – I'm thinking a pretty similar score to 2019. I'm going to go 24 to 20, but the reverse 24, 20 Auburn <laughs> over LSU. Unfortunately, Ooh. I think something, something happens like some big play happens at the very end like, of the game. Like Derek Singh, like, you know, against Auburn, something that, that like saved us was Derek Singley dropping the punt and then actually, and then picking off Bill Nix in the, in the end zone. Yeah. Could, if that goes the other way, we lose that game. Like it could be something that Auburn does, like game winning, like touchdown pass, or it could be something reverse, like LSU fumbles at the very end, and Auburn like recovers it and then like runs out the clock. But I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, the opposite. But that's just uh, my brain talking. I see Tommy's pondering, so I'm just gonna toss out what just popped into my mind for no rhyme or reason. I'm just gonna say LSU 24, Auburn 17. That's good. I, I was thinking. Uh, something pretty similar a little bit lower scoring yeah but i mean we both thought that lsu was gonna or we all three thought lsu and mississippi state were gonna score more than they did in this past game and you know uh that didn't happen so i don't know i think lsu being able to move against auburn is is definitely likely uh now you know holding auburn to under 20 points will be a challenge but i think i think lsu's got it in them yeah, I think I think Auburn's going to be able to score on us. Um, like I said, I think Tank Bixby's going to be – if he's on, we're in trouble. Um, right. I, I think that they'll score, like, at least, like, 28 points. And – but I, but I think we can match them or maybe not maybe not match them, but we can, we're going to be able to score as well. I haven't seen 
their defense be just absolutely lights out. It's going to be the toughest defense we've played so far, but I don't think it's, we're not going to be playing Georgia's defense. I mean, Georgia no. just doesn't let, allow anyone to score. Um, well, their think, first two games, I'm sorry to cut you off. The, the first two games, they scored like 60 something points and their defense shut down. I mean, granted, they didn't really play anybody, but. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't think I can count. I'm not going to say that those were dominant defensive performances because it was against like Alcorn state and, I forget who the first game they played against was. Akron. Akron. Um, I mean, I look at that Penn State game, and they, I mean, they, you know, they they allowed, what, 28 points to Penn State, and they put up 20 themselves? Yeah, but they, kind of like what we've dealt with, they, Penn State's tight ends scored two touchdowns. Like, they were wide open both mm-hmm. times. That's why I feel Auburn's susceptible. Yeah, I mean, but I think, I think they're definitely going to be the toughest defense we've played so far. Granted, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, but I, but like you said, I still think we can score. I think it'll be close. Um, but I, I would go a little bit higher than than um, than y'all too. I think that it's it'll be like a thirty-five uh, twenty-eight, and gotta break take, take break your tie. Pick. I'll, I'll say I'll pick LSU just because, <laughs> but I'm, I might actually. Uh, I might by the time by the time the the game rolls around, there might be money on the other side. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> pretty soon you'll be able to do it in the stadium with your phone hopefully <laughs> I, guess, I guess i'm the hater i had to go with auburn because i picked lsu to lose to them before the season even started in our preview podcast so i had to stick with my guns did you want to do a little little recap of the rest of college football this past week and, and what's coming up yeah it was crazy uh well i mean we can start with clemson because i think they are um on the verge of being a dumpster fire i mean the fact that you know they couldn't score a touchdown against georgia granted like you said, Tommy, Georgia just is not going to allow anyone to score this year, apparently. But uh, the fact that they, you know, they lost to NC State, which I, I don't know, they, I mean, they've had some decent teams over the years, but it's like the fact that Clemson just had to go to overtime and they couldn't pull it off. It, it, I mean, it was a it was a tight game the whole way. It wasn't like Clemson got up and then they just put it in their second team and NC State came back. Clemson hasn't really shown any dominance this year unless it was to like way, way subpar opponents. So I honestly, I feel like they should be out of the top 25, like make them earn their way back in at this point. Um, I thought Florida and Tennessee would have been a better game. Florida kind of ran away with that one. Uh, so I think the East is going to come down to Georgia or Florida. I think Georgia's definitely got the upper hand in that one. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, mean, uh, I think, I think that Tennessee actually looked pretty good last night. Um, yeah, I think back. that I think that the main the main thing that separated those two teams is that Florida just had the talent. Um, you know, after after the fire after Jeremy Pruitt gets fired, multiple of Tennessee's like top players transferred out. You know, like I think the most kind of the most famous one was Henry Toa Toa, who's like their star middle middle linebacker who now starts for Alabama. Um, yeah. So Tennessee is is playing with you know, it feels like playing with one hand on their back compared to a, a, a more blue blood ish team in the sec, like Florida. And I mean, they were, they were, they were, you know, going punch for punch with, with uh, Florida. It, it really just seemed, you know, it's like, I, I was talking to a buddy about it. Tennessee would, would drive down the field in a real methodical drive and, and have like a great, uh, you know, great play calling, great running they, they ran the ball real well they'd score and then 
Emory Jones would get the ball and he'd throw it to a to a guy and he would just he would just run off and score because they just have fast players. Like so, yeah. I mean, not to take away from Florida, that's why they recruit the way they do. That's why they 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 give their playmakers a chance to win. But I, I was I didn't think that it was just an absolute, um, you know, bloodbath like like you've kind of seen with Tennessee over the past couple of years. Yeah, I wanted to go back to the Clemson game real quick. North Carolina State deserved to win that game. Oh, yeah. They were winning the whole time. They almost choked it because they had a field goal as time expired to win he it. Said he missed from like 35 yards to send it to overtime. And then Clemson almost pulled a Clemson and like barely scrapes along and won it. But I was happy the Wolfpack did it. And Clemson's offense is like on life support right now. They can't score to save their life, um, which is a far cry from the Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins, Travis Etienne offense just of – one and two years ago. Uh, so I don't know, Dabo's kind of gritting his teeth right now. We'll see what happens with them, but it's looking like no ACC team in the playoff at this point, because North Carolina is also bad. They lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then North Carolina was embarrassed too. They, they, they lost horribly. They, 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 uh, Georgia tech like scored twice as much as them. Uh, that's, they're not coming back from that. Um, so let me, I want to ask you guys about this. Because there was only a couple ranked matchups, um, and Texas A&M and Arkansas was one of them. In Arkansas, I was able to watch a little bit of that. They just kind of dominated the whole game. I mean, the score doesn't quite show how, how much in control of it they were, but they basically just swapped pole positions, basically. A&M was 7, Arkansas was 16. Arkansas is now 8. I think A&M is 16. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think... Arkansas is going to be formidable down the road when LSU has to play them. Again, I'm not as scared by Texas A&M. Do you, nah. guys, you guys agree with that? Yeah, I mean, like last week, or either last week or two weeks ago, I said um, I think A&M might be our most winnable SEC game looking forward, yeah. and, and I think last night proved that. But, man, this Arkansas game, this Arkansas team, um, if you didn't watch – like if you watched that game, you would know – that that is why that's why we love this sport like that's why that's why at least that's why i love college football that was one of the best games i've seen in years um and i mean that to me that felt like a like a vintage that felt like alabama lsu in 2011 just two teams trading blows back and forth i i mean like it did it did seem like arkansas had it most of the time but there was a lot of like uh, suspense. I mean, AM and m could have come back. And I mean, the, 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 just a gutsy, a gutsy play by um, Jefferson, their quarterback, yeah, who was you, playing on like a Jefferson. Bad yeah. He got hurt at one point and he comes back in and like runs and, 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 and like runs straight up the middle to, uh, to basically seal the game and get a first down. <clears throat> it was a great game. I really, really, really enjoyed that one. And I think that, you know, the, the Texas win for Arkansas was, was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, okay. You know, they're, I guess they're here to play, but we'll wait and see. I mean, I think that was a statement win for that program and under Sam Pittman, it seems like they're going to be, you know, there's a chance for them to, to, to really make a name for themselves in the West and kind of come back to the way they were before, um, before Bobby Petrino, you know, what got on that motorcycle. Yeah. I had talked a couple of weeks ago about teams that play, to a whole that's greater than the sum of their parts and there's a long season left but that's kind of what arkansas looks like they're doing right now like the team is just like feeding off each other's energy and making the most of the talent that they do have and they're playing great football so it makes me excited i think 
college game day is going to be in Athens, Georgia for Georgia versus Arkansas next week, uh, which is, should be a good game. There's a, a lot of good games coming up uh, in this upcoming week besides LSU Auburn. Cause we got that uh, Georgia, Arkansas, then Ole Miss plays Alabama, which has been a stumbling block for the tide in the past uh, as well as top 10 matchups, Cincinnati and Notre Dame. I predicted Cincinnati to win this game before the season even started. So we'll see if my Bearcats Notre Dame had going. some trouble with Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they pulled, they pulled away, but uh yeah, it, it was it was close for a while. And just for the Arkansas and AM game, like that has been a good series. Like you you could watch every game and like both uh, Arkansas was in it the whole time. Granted, they've lost, I think that was what the the first time they've won in nine tries or, or ten tries, whatever it was. Yeah. But the, the games were always close. Like they were old Southwest Conference rivals. So that was a good one. Yeah, Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I, I still don't know what you think about them because it's like the, it's like they, they were struggling with Wisconsin, then they ultimately pulled way out ahead. Uh, but have you guys been noticing what Dave Aranda has quietly been doing at Baylor? Like he beat uh, Iowa State, and his team is undefeated at this point, unranked, granted, but. I don't know. Dave, Dave Aranda's looking looking pretty good over there in the Big 12. Um, what other games did you guys notice? Because there's you know there's more upsets, obviously. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma almost Oklahoma. lost. Basically lost the game to uh, should have lost to West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was close. I mean that that should have been a loss, right? Well, yeah, like West Virginia had first and goal on the one yard line at one point, and then they had a false start penalty back from under mm-hmm. the six. They didn't score. They tried to sell for a field goal, and I think they missed. That field goal, maybe? Yeah, they did. Um, so they came away with zero points after having first and goal on the one. And then Oklahoma kicked a field goal at its time expired to win. So now they had a few close calls. And it comes back to what we we're saying, that there's not much of a sure thing in college football this year besides Alabama and Georgia for the most part. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think the way that Georgia's playing right now, I don't know if anybody's going to beat them. But, uh, Al- I mean, and, and Alabama is playing, you know, they're playing good. I, I don't think they're unstoppable, though. Georgia seems unstoppable. Other than those two, um, I mean, Ohio State doesn't look good. Clemson is gone. Ohio oh, State guy quit quit before. Yeah, yeah, the guy quit in the middle of the game. That was incredible. Do you see that? He sent out a tweet. It said "F Ohio State," and then like, and then it was like confirmed like an hour later. It's like, yes, he's no longer with the team. <laughs> is he for real gone? Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think Ryan Day actually had to like address it in the press conference. Well, but I thought at that point he said. Well, I don't know. I, I have to see what actually happened, what happened, what transpired. Uh, but okay. I, I didn't know he was ultimately kicked off. I mean, I would, right. I don't, well, I don't think he was kicked off. I think he quit. No, but he like some people talked to him. He deleted the tweet. Uh, he came back out of the tunnel. Okay. Lines. But at that point, you're like, you know what? That's no, I, I mean, I, I hope O has the, you know, the, the, the fortitude to, to do that. If somebody did that to, to the team, like, I can't imagine it would be, you know, Stingley or somebody, but like if, if someone did that to you during a game, you don't want them, right? You just don't want yeah. them. Uh, interesting enough, like Michigan state, who's not ranked, they almost lost to Nebraska. It's like Nebraska two weeks in a row has almost knocked somebody off. So we thought Scott Frost was like, he had the hottest seat in America, but somehow his teams like playing these teams close. Um, I don't know. Uh, also, Texas hanging 70 points on Texas tech horns up. Maybe, yeah. maybe not all is lost for Steve Sarkeesian. Maybe not. 
but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just another wild week in college football. Um, so we got Auburn kind of, you know, we talked about that. Uh, I don't know. Is are there other games? Let's see what, what else is going on this week besides Georgia and Arkansas Ole Miss Alabama. Now both teams are undefeated. It's not a top 10 matchup, although it could be, they got Alabama at 14 and a half on, on one, uh, on one spread right now. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Alabama has had it pretty good up until now. So I feel like if, if anyone's going to beat Alabama, at least now, Ole Miss is the team to do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's your, here's your ideal viewing schedule for Saturday. You've got college game day in the morning, rolling straight into the Arkansas Georgia game, 11 AM kickoff. That's a nice little start to the day. Another SEC matchup, 2.30, Ole Miss versus Alabama. Uh, Ole Miss always gives them a little bit of a test uh, for whatever reason. And then after that, you're winding down 6 p.m. You have some dinner, check in on another Big 12 matchup, see what Dave Aranda is up to as Baylor <laughs> takes on Oklahoma State. Uh, and if it, That's a 4-0 versus 4-0 teams there, kind of low-key matchup. But then you had your dinner settling down for the nightcap, LSU, Auburn, 8 o'clock. That'll finish up close to midnight, maybe past midnight for our East Coast listeners, and then you go to sleep, and then uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and in the mix in there is Cincinnati, Notre Dame, seven and nine playing. That's two thirty, but you know, I, I doubt anyone's going to be watching that with all the games that you just said is going on. If Alabama starts lighting up Ole Miss, which is yeah, a possibility, yeah. then you can swap over. <laughs> but how good's Ole Miss defense, though? We, we know their offense is really good. I think Matt Corral is. If anyone in America can beat Alabama just by himself, maybe it's him. But like, how how good is Ole Miss's defense? I think they're good enough. Good enough. I mean, they're not they're not elite, but and this is the best Ole Miss defense we've seen since they, they were the Land Sharks. Yeah, we've seen these type of games go like forty five to thirty five before, and you can see that you can envision that type of score kind of either way. I and, think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be one of the best ones we've seen so far. Yeah, you know, and who has Alabama played? You know, defensively that that they could say, oh yeah, our offense is that good because we beat so and so. Yeah, I don't know that they played anybody like that yet. Right. Uh, I mean, it, they beat Florida last week, but it was close. Like Florida yeah. scored some at the end uh, to, to make it interesting. So there are some vulnerabilities there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good, good slated a week of college football. I, I think the, uh, the LSU Auburn game is going to be a, a good one as well. They always are though. I mean, that's just the tradition of the rivalry. Yeah. We got all that. Do we miss anything? Do you guys have anything else? No. I don't think so. I think that's the gauntlet. Yeah. This is probably, I mean, obviously like you're always excited for the, like the first game of the season, the UCLA, but since then, this is the the one for me and hopefully LSU brings it home and then we'll keep the, the hype rolling through SEC play. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, as it stands now, LSU is a three and a half point favorite. I think I had him at seven. Uh, we'll see how all that plays out and the rest of college football, because if, if, if we know anything, uh, this season is, is unpredictable. A lot of parody, as Tommy said. So uh, check back next week. We will have the LSU Auburn game in its entirety for you. We're going to break it down and the rest of college football and uh, you know what lies ahead after that. So stay tuned, uh, stay safe and stay tuned. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Ticks.